Ludwig Sinitz, the founder of our company, left us with a mission. To focus on people, their learning and growing. In the Mindtastic podcast, we want to explore what learning and growing means at TGW Logistics Group. And since we believe that everyone is naturally curious and wants to learn from others, we are here to support that journey. The show is hosted by Tina, your average, curious, passionate TGW employee. That's me. Hi, everyone. Listen to the trailer if you're new to the show and want to know what to expect. Or join Tina on her journey of lifelong learning, because curiosity never stops. And neither do we. Welcome to another episode of the Mindtastic podcast. Today, we're a real crowd. I'm here with Christoph and Michael, who will be speaking about their job in a bit. And then there is Matea, our special guest. Hi, Matea. Who are you and why are you here? Hi, I'm Matea, Mindtastic summer intern. Um, I'm 16 years old and I'm very excited that I get to work on a podcast. I can imagine. Sounds like a cool intern job. And I'm not biased in any way, of course. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to be here with all of you. But let's say hi to you two, Michael and Christoph. Would you mind introducing yourselves? How about you give me two truths and one lie about anything you do? And Matea and I will try guessing what the lie is. How about that? Yes, yeah, sure. Yes, okay. Then I will start. Hello, my name is Michael. I'm now since... Nearly seven years in the company, I'm working in the embedded development of R&D. And here are coming my three topics. I'm looking forward if you can guess the wrong statement. So my first statement, I use CAD programs quite often during my daily business. The second statement, I enjoy working in a terminal window instead of a full-blown development ID. And the last statement, while coding, I really enjoy listening to music because I can hold up my focus. Mm -hmm. Are we waiting for your stories and then we guess? Or do you want to guess right now? Matea, guess now. Um, I think that the first one is a lie. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I just have the feeling. Very well guessed, yeah. The first one is a lie. Oh, I was thinking too. I had no clue. I was like, I don't know. Wow, Matteo, you're really good at this. Let's see if you can figure out the other lie. Okay, so then I will continue. My name is Christoph and I'm a mechatronical developer in the R&D. And um, I'm a little bit longer than Michi in the company. So I'm there since, yeah, a little bit more than eight years now. Um, my statements are... Once I started a development project, but unfortunately it, it had to be stopped because we were not able to reach the customer's requirements. Mm. Um, the second one is, uh, I have already been able to register a few uh, patents for TGW where I am enlisted as the first inventor. And I feel like you're proud of that. And um, <laughs> if it's not a lie, then I would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one is, I solved the biggest project for TGW in the whole TGW history. <laughs> so let's guess. Okay, I have a hunch. How about you, Matteo? What do you think is the lie? Say about me, I think the third one is a lie because it sounds really unrealistic. It totally is, yeah. <laughs> okay, but that was an easy one. I was like... Of course. Because you were smiling. It was like, I don't buy that one, right? Yes, definitely. 
Nice. Um, thanks for giving us that little introduction. I thought it fitting to start with a little creative task for you because you work in a department that requires to be able to think outside the box. What is it that you do? Mainly I'm responsible for uh, the technical parts in the development of mechatronical products for whole system uh, developments. Um, and I'm also there as a, as a mechatronical um, engineer, a developer who is, if there is enough time for that, also doing some designs, sketches, um, concepts. Yeah, that's what I do. Then I follow up. So um, it changed a little bit. In the last few years, so beginning in THW, I started with application development for a Stingray shuttle system. But since I'm now uh, nearly seven years in the company, um, I'm now responsible for software architecture, then for continuous integration pipelines. So this is more in the direction of development engineering or DevOps engineering. I'm currently extending our embedded Linux system for a new platform so yeah, much going on there. And besides that, sometimes consulting of other colleagues and sometimes on-site support. So it depends on the customer, but yeah, sometimes we have to support the colleagues. So it sounds to me that although you work in the same department, you do have a bit different fields of action, let's call it that. And you have different tasks you work on. So what's the connecting factor for you both to be part of the mechatronical development team? So I will just start again. So um, for me, the, the connecting point is uh, mainly, for example, if a mechatronical developer is starting with a concept and he just, yeah, for example, thinks about a movement, uses some sensors and stuff like that, um, then the, the point where we get connected to, for example, uh, colleagues like Michael, is where we really need to give the, the product a soul. So the product really needs to have this, this, this brain where the movements and all this stuff happens. And this is where we mainly work together, yeah. Really nice set. So to follow up on this, I would say uh, the machines are getting more and more complex. So if you think of artificial intelligence, if you think of predictive maintenance on all these tasks, uh, you always have a, a kind of intelligent software directly on the hardware itself. But nevertheless, I think it's really important to get a feeling about the hardware. So you have to know how are the dynamics of the system, how are the kinematics of the system. And so I think this is the major connecting point. And this is also the most interest, interesting part. Nice. Tell me something that might surprise me to know about your job. Yeah, in this case, I would say a lot of people do not think that we are really working directly on hardware. So in our case, in the tech center, for instance, is if we have to change a motor, if we have to change a sensor, it is not handed over to our colleagues in the tech center. So we do it ourselves. And I think this also provides us the, the knowledge about the system and supports us in our daily business. So really hands on. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot agree more. So uh, also emphasizing what was Michael saying is, uh, for example, if you get an error on a mechatronical product uh, where you don't know if it's coming from the mechanics, if it's coming from the software or the hardware, you really need to deep dive that errors. And that cannot uh, can only work if you just go downstairs and uh, grab the product and uh, yeah, do it hands on, uh, check the stuff and see what's happening. So it's really complex and... This is a little bit underestimated, I think. Yeah, I can see why. I probably would also assume your job might be more of a desk job 
and not so much hands-on. So I can see that people would probably be like, oh, don't you just work on your desk all day? But from what you've shared, it's wrong. You're not on your desk all day, every day, right? Of course not. It's not just a desk job. We are just also um, yeah, making some, some stuff in the laboratory, really try to uh, solder some PCBs, whatever else, and really find out if this is working in feasibilities. Um, it's really important to just grab some tools and not just make a 3D sketch and uh, try to prepare and think about it hours for hours and just really do it. Yeah, This is the most important point for me, I would say. I think something that is often said is that you need the right mindset for innovation. And since you mentioned some skills already that might be necessary for your job, what do you need to become a successful developer of mechatronical products? Yeah, so I repeat the, the first one one more time. Uh, for me, it's really important to have this hands-on mentality. Um, also, for me, I think it's really helpful is if you're a really curious mind. So if you really want to deep dive some problems, if you really want to, to solve that. And for example, from my history, I always wanted to build robots. And also my dad really taught me a lot in the car shop where I just build up small radio-controlled aircrafts. I uh, welded my first uh, exhaust pipe for my motorcycle, uh, stuff like that. And that sounds that really so helps. cool. Yeah. That sounds so cool. Like I welded it. It was that. Yeah. So I was really proud of that, of course. And we were also doing some funny stuff with that. So it was not only the, the nice one, the functional one, but also, of course, a little bit freestyle and yeah, unique stuff. Mm. So a lot of tinkering. Of course. Yeah. As Christoph summarized it, I think the most important fact is creativity in our job because otherwise you will not cope with the demands of the customer and yeah the the flip side of the coin is that you would say that not every solution works on the first attempt so mm -hmm. you have to be calm and yeah you have to follow the solution or think outside the box to find new ways to deal with the problem but yeah i think this is one of the key factors I guess this also means that you need to be able to deal with uncertainty and that you have to learn to live with the fact that things might fail or just that they don't work out. Yeah, definitely. So we had it several times that we developed something in-house, we tested it very well in our tech center and afterwards we got on site to the customer and then there were some deviations, uncertainties where we said, yeah, okay, it's not working like expected. So we came up with solutions in hardware and software to cope with the problem. And yeah, in R&D, now we have a lot of um, workflows in place that support us with solving the topic that yeah, really enables us to cope or to deal with the really important stuff. Yeah, I cannot agree more on that, Michael. So, for example, for the uncertainties, I would also say that for sometimes you start with a concept, you are really convinced that this is working, and then you just end up with yeah, seeing that this is not working like expected, and then you just need to have the the power and the energy to really focus on that and continue keeping the pace and just driving the whole system to a solution that is working. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I need to ask, why are you a developer for mechatronic products and not software? Hasn't anyone ever told you that the future will be all digital? I have heard that so many times. And uh, the simple answer is, 
Without a hardware, there is no software solution in intralogistics. So if you want to move some items or parcels or whatever else, you just simply need some physical stuff there too. So yeah, that's why I'm just still developing mechatronic products. Yeah, I totally agree. So in our business, I think hardware and software is so tight connected that you cannot separate it. So especially if you look on our products like the Stingray Shuttle or the conveyor controller. So this is a really tight combination out of hardware and software. So I totally agree. And also coming back to the to the question, why not only software? Um, for me, it's also if you end up having your concept uh, carried out, you build your mechatronical products and um, then you assembled it. And also Michael helped to give it a soul and really see that this is moving. It is really... Uh, a moment where you can get goosebumps or or you can get really proud of yourself because yeah you just stick to the to the concept you developed it and you see that this is working and this is a great great moment yeah ah, the nice feeling of success of course and well deserved in the past development departments were sometimes accused of living in a so-called ivory tower developing super beautiful technical solutions that in the end no customer really needed What do you think about that? Is that true or not? I have heard that really many times, actually. And I would say, at least for myself and for a lot of colleagues I know in, in R&D, it's not that way. So we are really focused on meeting the customer's requirements. And of course, this also uh, is strongly connected to a price. And therefore, you just cannot do over-engineering everywhere. But of course, every mechatronical or every developer is in love with technical solutions. So sometimes you also need to tame them to not go too far. Yeah, I have to agree on these topics, especially on the last point, as Christoph mentioned, because as I started in the company, I always had the feeling, okay, we, we have a solution. Now we find the problem to the solution. But in the last years, I see that our management is really working on transparency and working on the right tasks. And even in TGLW, if you look to other units, if you look to the innovation process, so in my opinion, there are a lot of topics now dealt with that we streamline our development and that we we have um, yeah one goal in mind and one we focus on one topic. So we talk a lot about intralogistics already because of course you work at TGW so you work in intralogistics and why do you do that? Why do you develop intralogistics products? Yeah, I studied mechatronics and therefore for me always the combination out of hardware, software especially with sensors, actors was really fascinating and during my interns I always had the opportunity to work on embedded stuff. So from really small microcontrollers up to heavy embedded Linux systems. And therefore, after uh, doing my master thesis, I applied to the job at TGW. And yeah, it was the perfect fit because here I have my embedded Linux system. I have the application development. I directly see something if I program something in reality. So it's not only databases, And of course, the people here. So to be honest, I really enjoy working with my colleagues because it's really supportive, the environment. Yeah. Sounds nice. How about you, Christoph? That's what I like about TGW too. So you can really experience a lot of different things, uh, learn so many different uh, topics and, and, and uh, technologies here. And you can also uh, develop a wide range of, of uh, products here and also, of course, get very creative jobs. 
and different jobs here. Yeah. Thank you both so much for this passionate insight into your work life. I learned today what your job is, of course, and I learned that creativity is part of it, that the stereotype of the ivory tire and the solutions that are not really required by anybody is not true anymore, that you work in a very supportive environment and like to work at TGW, what I find very nice because I feel the same about the company, so that's nice. And I also learned that you work very hands-on and that that is one part of your job that you really, really enjoy a lot. So that was cool to hear and very interesting. How about you, Matteo? What did you find interesting today? Well, in general, I think uh, working at TGW can be really interesting. And uh, I am very grateful that I could be part of this podcast. Nice. And we're happy you're here too. Okay, as always, let's wrap today's episode up with some final questions and we try to keep the answer short. What are the common phrases you hear people say in R&D all the time? Want to start, Michael? Yeah, then I start. So what I hear all the time is time to market is key. <laughs> so this is a really often used sentence. Then Better hurry up then. Better hurry up. Listen to customer feedback and only develop what's really nice for the customer, what you can sell on the market. And especially for software development, Software quality is really important. Ooh. So since I also heard uh, some phrases of, of Michael's uh, a lot, I will just take some others. Um, one is, we walk through the valley of despair. And the other one is, there must be for sure a bug in the software and not in the mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> At least you wish. Uh, what's your favorite TGW product and why? Um, for me, it's the, the GOH system um, because this is one system where we had a really small team that was really doing from scratch a whole development for a system. We, of course, reused some parts of the standard shuttle system, but it was a really tough time where we learned a lot. And I think we grew a, a really nice team with that, uh, with that development. And what's the GOD Thing. The GOH shuttle or system is a shuttle system where you move garments on hangers. So you store um, bulks of garments on hangers uh, inside a, a shuttle system. Yeah. Thanks for the explanation. Yeah. So for me, it's the same. Yeah. So we worked <laughs> at the same team. Oh, so nice. And, I, and there, yeah, it was really interesting. You have the first sketch and then you have the full process of the assembly delivery and then you have it on site. So it was really interesting to see how this works in detail. And of course, in a small team and what you can achieve in a small team. Do we have a great video about that? I think on the homepage, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to share that in the show notes. So Perfect. if you want to check it out, check the show notes. What would your desk at work say about you if it could speak? So in my case, I would say tidy me up. And I think <laughs> the other part will be I'm too small because I have a lot of embedded ports on my, my desk. I have two separate screens there, a lot of measurement devices. So yeah, definitely it's too small. You think it would complain? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> would your desk complain too? It would be the same for me. So it would also say tidy me up or clean me up. But and on the other side, you could also see that I'm working on many, many different topics. So um, 
there is, for example, a catalog for, for motor drives, uh, calculations and stuff like that and on, on small uh, sheets of paper. Um, yeah, really, really different topics on one small table. <laughs> so maybe would also say, but it's interesting to be your desk. Of course. Who knows? Okay. Sorry to say, but it's time to say goodbye to our listeners. Any famous last words? Yeah, I think you already mentioned it, but I just want to repeat it. So change the perspective, think outside the box and look for good solutions. Nice. Nothing to add there. This was really nice, Michael. Thanks. Thanks for being our guests today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Have a great day. Any last words? Thank you very much for having me. Well, in that case, see you soon. This podcast is produced by Mantastic. As the Global Learning and Development Department at TGW Logistics Group, we care about making learning an experience. If you found this episode valuable, share it with colleagues and friends and give us a review. We'd love to hear feedback. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on further episodes. To connect with us, drop us a message at mindtastic at tgw-group.com You can also check out our show notes for more information. Tina, any last words? Until next time, keep learning and growing.